everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Welcome to the year 2023, which hopefully will not be, as our friend Kim just said, year 20, part three. Oh, year boy. Year 2020, part three. We're not doing that. No. Hope it's, hopefully it's going to be better. It ends with a three. We took a week off. We're good. It ends with, is that, what does that mean? I don't know. I just feel better about it. It doesn't okay. make any sense, but I like the I way that it looks. three is a lucky number. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, I do like the way, like, don't good things come in threes? And then sometimes very bad things? Well, my favorite is the rule of threes in writing, as you know. That might be what I'm thinking of. Okay, let's go with that. <laughs> it's good. What did we? What were you yeah. going to say? We took a week off. We're back. Hello. We took a week off, and I couldn't remember my intro. No. <laughs> I couldn't remember what I, I just froze. You did. That's what a week off does to me. We are back with a repeat because Friday was a repeat. Because Friday was the 30th. They don't air things on December 30th. No. But everyone, I hope you watch the NBC special with all of our folks at Dateline. It's so much fun. I watch it every year. I don't usually watch it at midnight. This year, I actually had plans, which never happens. But I watched the special when I got home and made my mom, who was falling asleep, watch it. And it was like 3 in the morning. And she was just half awake. But I was like, no, Mankey is coming up. And so Dennis was in it. They barely used any of Keith and Mankey sitting together, but they aired all those great funny clips on social media. Dennis was in it. Lester Holt was in it. Craig Melvin was in it. Oh my gosh. Like all of our friends. And it's so funny. They just go over the best things of the year with people commenting on them. The craziest things that happen on social media, in sports, in entertainment, whatever. And then all of like comedians comment on it and stuff. Oh, that's amazing. It's I love really it. fun. It's a good wrap up to the way to end of the year. Yeah. So this episode we're doing is a repeat. You can find it on Peacock, A Dangerous Mind. This episode is called A Dangerous Man, not A Dangerous Mind. A that Dangerous a Mind, I believe, is living Michelle in Pfeiffer. a gangster's paradise. Yeah. Where she sits in the chair backwards and you know she really means it. She did. She's she's staring at Coolio. I've not seen both. the movie. Is that on the poster? No, it's in the music video. Oh, they're I remember that. They're in like that. a dark room, and they're just staring at each other, both sitting in chairs. Does that song have, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? Does it? Does that song have that lyric in it? Yeah, I think so. Okay, cool. So this is a dangerous man. Apologies. Thank you to everyone who recommended this. It's wow. been on my radar for a long time, but it's one we should have covered way sooner, and I apologize. It is season 25, episode four, and I mean that because it's wild. It has like 10 episodes within one episode. It does. It aired on October 14th, 2016, hosted by Keith. So if you are sad that Keith Miss is over, fear not, because we have more. So we are in Spokane, Washington. We are with the elite. It is 2013. And Keith says, this is the kind of story with ambitious men okay. and dark plots and dames. Oh, boy. Keith loves the word dame. So does Dennis. As in Dame Judy Dench? She's not in it. That's the only no, dame I can just, think of. Dame Maggie no, he Smith? he uses dames all the time. He used it in his last podcast. Not the most re- the second to last podcast. Oh, yeah. Interesting. I mean, it is a good, it is a good name. Deadly affair. Yeah. He loves the noir. We are in a wooded enclave of life's winners. So, A, I think it's really funny that he's calling these rich people life's winners. And... B, you know I love the word enclave. I do. I prefer when it's called a Tony enclave, but I do love an enclave. So empty nesters Doug Carlisle and wife Alberta thought that they had been rewarded because of the Bible and God and the promised land and 
God had given them all of this money because they were holy. Yeah. Katie's already shaking her head. Katie is actually raised Christian. So she would, um, she probably has more insight on this than I do. This is very specific so, what they're believing in. Yeah. They go to like a specific church. It's a very that specific thing and prosperity. There are a few very famous, very questionable churches slash preachers that preach this specific kind of doctrine. Mm-hmm. And they are really questionable. In this story, it's Christmas time, 2013, and the Carlisles came home from church to their very upscale house. And then shortly after, the wife, Alberta, calls 911, saying a man came into their house and shot her husband. And she's she's kind of really annoyed with the 911 person, and she's kind of annoyed for the whole rest of the episode, which I found kind of funny. She's trying to give the 911 person her address, and they keep asking her to repeat it. And she's like, Bisque, the intruder is still in the house. I am in the closet. Use your listening skills, please. And stop asking me to repeat myself. Well, why is she why is she not giving them the street number? She keeps saying South Garfield, South Garfield. And they're like, street number, street number. And she's like, just South Garfield. Well, what which house? And I think bottom line in this situation, there's no one way to act. And yeah. Everyone's going to act totally differently. But anyways, she is acting a little suspicious when she gets to the police station. Yeah, this is. So they do mention that this year, the scene was really eerie. Doug has been shot multiple times and he's there and he's passed away. And there's Christmas music playing because I guess that when they came on, they had Christmas music. I don't understand how that happened. I think they either they walked in and hit it, turned it on. Or it's something that's playing all the time on an automated. So they have speakers. They have the house through decorated the house, with stuff. Or is this before yeah. Alexa? This is probably before. Don't say that. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I guess. But people still had speakers set up in really nice houses. It is a really nice yeah. house. It just didn't. They didn't seem to me like a technology couple. So it just right, but maybe it was just like playing in the living room, and it's an open concept floor plan. And they just so left it on when in they the went out too. Yeah, or it's on a timer, like with Christmas lights. I don't know. Maybe they. You see, wealthy people pay someone to go set their house. You had up. the same question. I did. I did wonder. They came in, and they would have had to immediately first thing not go to the bathroom, not grab something from the fridge. Immediately go to the stereo and press play on Johnny Mathis right. Christmas. Right. Okay. Just saying. Right. We should be detectives. We think of the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. So, but it also the weirdest thing is that I think it is a sophisticated sound system because I think the police would have turned it off if they could have figured out how mm. to turn it off. I think someone would have mm. hit the power button, but I think they couldn't mm-hmm. see it. So I think it is something in the walls that is probably a remote somewhere or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The music is frogging them. He's <laughs> <laughs> that in the wall. <laughs> It's Santa himself is frogging their house. That's great. Or the baby Jesus. Take your pick. So there's no forced entry at the scene. Everything is in place. Nothing was missing. Doug had his wallet on. And it is very violent and sad crime. He has been shot seven times close range. Brutal. They bring Alberta to the station, and this is where Alberta, who I guess he Doug called her Birdie, Aww. her personality comes forward. I do love Birdie. I think that's Birdie is cute. the best. They say, hey, I'm detective, whatever. And she says, I'm not very happy. 
They would not let me see my husband. She is this close to asking the police if she can see the manager of law enforcement. Birdie has a bone to pick with the detectives from the jump. She's here with yeah. an agenda. She doesn't and she's care not about happy. the investigation. No. She wants to see her husband and she's pissed that they didn't let her. She's like, I wanted to pray over him. And they're like, well, what you can really do now is help us with the investigation. And she says, who cares about your stupid evidence? I just want to see my husband. But I think you have it's- to think like an incredibly religious person, right? To her. Yes. That's absolutely. Like, yes. How dare you? I have the right to pray over my recently deceased husband who I love. She doesn't know when she's going to get to see him. And so she she's very, I do kind of understand her fretting. It's just her tone and mannerisms don't are. I'm not happy. Yeah, are more like that. Can I speak to your boss? Her Yeah, her distraught is not what maybe you or I would be if we were distraught. She's like the guy in the first season of White Lotus who got the wrong room. I haven't seen White Lotus not letting yet. It Do go. I need to watch White Lotus? Oh. Yes. Is it a mystery? Absolutely. Yes. Oh. Kind of. So the cop says, we just really need your help, you know, with our evidence. She's like, who cares about your stupid evidence? And she tells them that a masked man came into the house and shot Doug. And then she, saw, well, first she saw the masked man holding a gun up to Doug. She starts to run up the stairs. She sees the man and they make eye contact. He's totally masked except for his eyes. And they look at each other straight in the eyes and they stare and he left her alive. She ran upstairs and hid. So the police are very suspicious of her because why would she be left alive if she saw him? They also think that her acting is very rehearsed. Her annoyed tone and when she's crying and it just, her behavior seems odd. Keith sits down with Alberta and she tells him the exact same story. She saw the man and then they looked at each other and the man blinked three times, which made me laugh because of Belinda blinks. (laughs) My dad wrote a porno. Oh, that's right. And also threes, rule of threes. And so she said, I thought, why is he blinking at me? And Keith said, I would think, why is there a man in my house with a gun? Keith. Keith, you're so funny. So Alberta told police that there was a white work van that had seemed out of place in their fancy schmancy enclave when they had gone to church that night. And another neighbor had noticed the van, too. And she immediately saw a white workman's van. Someone is robbing somebody. It's It's the wet bandits from Home Alone. Someone is up with shenanigans mm-hmm. because in this neighborhood, I feel like in this neighborhood, they call the police on bird watchers, if you know what I mean. And then we find out that the neighbor actually did call the crime tip hotline to report that there was just a van that was out of place and it's freaking her out. And Keith is kind of laughing at this. Well- and he's trying to explain in in most places in America, a white van wouldn't be such cause for alarm. You know, but this is an enclave. Let's remember. But I'm trying to think of a really exclusive neighborhood. So like you're in a really fancy neighborhood and everyone knows that the holidays are actually robberies go up because people are out of town. Lots of stuff. People can right. leave their doors unlocked. I mean, my mom mm-hmm. has had her car broken into twice on Christmas Day. So... Oh, that's yeah, it happened. Just it's a thing. So I'm thinking in this really fancy neighborhood, there's a white van that doesn't have AT&T written on the side or it's just an unmarked van. I would absolutely yeah. think they were casing the joint. So I do kind of get it. 
And this is pre-van lifers. Right. Because if this happened in 2022, I'd be like, oh, the McCarthy's hippie daughter that's traveling across the country isn't down visiting right. them in her van that she lives right. in by the no, river. I'm not surprised someone called. Not that much. So then the police step out of the interrogation and they say to Alberta, this is a secured building. So if you need anything, just knock, okay? And she goes, oh, like I'm in jail or something. Birdie. Ugh. Birdie's having a rough day. This is the worst day of her life. She is. She really is. I think Birdie's just probably really wants her husband to be alive. So this is a very upsetting yeah, situation. I think she's, she's just her. Really yeah, night. her reactions are all over the map. It's just, again, and I don't want to analyze. I would never analyze in court to get someone prosecuted for this. But I do think we've we rarely see this level of annoyance as a reaction. 100%. Rarely. It's very odd and abnormal. And I can see why the detectives. The many, many hundreds of datelines. I can see watched. why the detectives are like, what's going on? Yeah. So police find the mysterious white van on a neighbor's security camera, and they send out police dogs who track a scent to a muddy footprint that's leaving the property and a welding glove. They get security footage of a guy running away, but it's super grainy. He's dressed all in black. They think it's a professional hit. Oh, boy. And it was an on-purpose murder, not a burglary or anything. So the detective starts to think, if this is a professional hit, Alberta's acting weird, but I really do think she's innocent. And at this point, you remember that the episode was called A Dangerous Man. So we realize he probably is right. And Alberta is not guilty of this. Yeah. So we go back in time and Alberta and Doug were married young, but then they had one of those breaks in the marriage where one finds God and one doesn't. And Alberta found God. I feel like for sure they had fights where he said, there's three people in this marriage now, Birdie. God is the third one. And I can't be married to a polygamist woman or something. Yeah, I understand. She did something drastic. She took the kids and moved to Seattle. Wow. And Doug was at the lowest point ever. He kept guns in the house and he was very depressed. And he decided to use one on himself. And then something happened truly incredible. He hears a horrid voice that says, I can't, how do I do this voice? He's mine. And then here's another thunderous voice that says, no, he's mine. I thought it was he do belongs to me. <laughs> he belongs to me. It sounds more poetic if, it's, and, if the word belongs is used. And he feels arms lifting him mm -hmm. up and placing him on the bed. And it was the thunderous, kinder voice that mm -hmm. said it. So this face-off between the devil and God mm -hmm. is the That Boy Is Mine remake that I did not know I yeah. needed. But now I need the music that video. Doug is mine, not yours. That mine. soul is oh, mine. He was saved in this moment. He started going into business for himself. He started an excavation business. And most of their kids eventually followed him into the business. And his daughter, Melanie, which I thought was a cool name. Yeah. He said that he was a good and honest businessman. However, we also learn that he had two bankruptcies 
He had trouble with the IRS, and he had fallings out with a bunch of business partners who accused him of not being honest or paying his bills. So, But is that he's rumored to have those things? That's what I don't... They never confirm that kind of stuff. They just say that was rumored to happen, and the daughter like very quickly says, we always paid our bills. So I, that's frustrating to me because I don't... So what's what? Is it a little um, bit of some, a little bit of both? Yeah, not? I think it's probably somewhere in the middle. I think there were for sure issues with the IRS yes. and for sure issues with business partners who were upset with him. So Doug and Alberta moved to Spokane to be near their favorite church that preached the prosperity gospel, which is God rewards true belief with financial success, which is so confusing to me because I know so little about Christianity and the Bible. Mm -hmm. But I thought like money was the root of all evil and, you know, you weren't supposed to worship money and things like that. No, you're not. You're not. This is about faith. So this is faith that if you do good things and believe in God, that good things will come back to you. Mm -hmm. So by putting your faith in God and letting go, the good things in life will come but to you. But not blessings, is, specifically financial gains. It it can be specifically financial. It can be whatever you need to have in your life to make you prosperous. So it does, it's not necessarily money. Right. Although their yes, preacher was times, preaching money. Yeah. And a lot of the pr pastors that teach this are wealthy. <laughs> like private so, jet wealthy. Co correct. Yeah. This is like Oral Roberts, who has his own university, Kenneth Copeland. There's some very major ones that preach this. And then also sometimes mm -hmm. they give financial advice. It's a funky little line mm -hmm. with this one. So, yeah. So, mm -mm. the Carlisles were doing financially great at this time. They had a huge house. They had fancy cars. But detectives mm. also see a bunch of paperwork in his office that's very strange. So, he has filed loan paperwork for different businesses. Some of his net values are listed at $6 million. Some are at $12 million. And there's also a bunch of documents that are in Arabic. There's also a bunch of paperwork promising people to join him in an investment opportunity, and mm -hmm. he's promising them 100% returns in 90 days, which is pretty much unheard of. And he has a binder full of people who have invested. And it seems no. to all be related to an oil business in North Dakota, because recently... There's an oil boom. Many men had left their careers to move to North Dakota during Black this oil. gold. <laughs> Black gold in the Dib oil fracking boom. The fracking boom. Yeah. Yes. It's very specifically pointed, too. That's all I'm going to yes. say. Speaking of oil fracking, my hair has been as greasy as the duck that got covered with oil on Saved by the Bell when they found oil at Bayside. Aww. R.I.P. Fictional Duck. Her name was Becky. That episode changed Aww. me. Katie, do you have any ideas what I'm supposed to do with my greasy winter locks? Yeah, I have a lot of ideas, but they all start and end with pros. Pros customized hair care for oily hair, for dry hair, for frizzy hair, super thick hair, super thin hair. Pros has your hair covered no matter what kind of hair you have and how oily it is. It is the world's most personalized hair care. And switching to a custom routine from Pros was one of the best things I've done for my hair. I made the switch a few years ago and the results I'm seeing honestly just keep getting better and better. 
Thanks to pros, my hair is smoother, it is stronger, and shinier. Which, if you have bleached hair, you know that shiny hair is really, it's hard to achieve. And I'm talking shiny, not oily. There is a distinction there. (laughs) I use a customized shampoo, conditioner, and I use a pre-shampoo mask once a week, and a hair oil. This is not the bad kind of oil. This is the good kind of oil. Because you add this hair oil between washings, and it helps keep your ends hydrated if your hair is really dried out, which I know a lot of our hair can get in winter, and it keeps my hair smelling really, really good. But Pros knows that there's more to you than just your hair type. Pros has given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. The quiz is super quick and easy, but it's very, very detailed because the pros at Pros need to know how to custom your specialty hair products. The quiz covers things like zip code, eating habits, your damage level, how much you exercise. What's your damage level, Katie? 10 out of 10. And by analyzing over 85 personal factors, Pros hand picks clean ingredients to get you closer to your hair goals with every single wash. My favorite feature is Pros' review and refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason, you know, in case I change my address again my hair color, or even my diet. And guess what? I just changed my address again. So this feature is able to roll with all those punches. But don't worry, I didn't even really change my zip code. However, I did change my hair color. So before people think you're in witness protection. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, I can't confirm or deny that. So before I was using a shampoo formulated for helping keep brass at bay because my hair was super platinum. And now I have a, a formula that helps keep my newly pink hair looking fresh by using the review and refine feature. And I trust the pros at pros to keep my hair always looking and smelling. It's absolute best. And as a carbon neutral certified B Corp, pros is an industry leader in clean, responsible beauty. And all their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free, which we love here at A Date With Dateline. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. And if you're not 100% positive that pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take Take the products back, no questions asked. Pros is the healthy hair care regimen with your name all over it. So take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. 15% off. Go to pros.com slash date dateline. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. It's 2023. Strike a pros. Pros, 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 pros. Thank, Thank you, pros. pros. Katie, I want to talk a little bit about HelloFresh because it's our new year, new uh-huh. me. And I know I say this every year, but I need to stop ordering takeout. It's taken over my life. You can order the right kind of takeout. This is, HelloFresh is like the right kind of delivery. It is because I want pasta. I can make pasta. They'll send me everything. You've got a stove? Like sun-dried tomato, spaghetti. All I want is carbs. What is that about? Not Doesn't sure. Doesn't matter. But HelloFresh has you covered whatever your resolutions are. And resolutions are dumb generally because we set ourselves up for failure by making them too hard. Mm-hmm. This is like setting realistic ones, like maybe trying to spend less money on takeout or try to enjoy cooking more or maybe spend more time with the family around the dinner table. Things like that, HelloFresh can help you with. They have a bunch of new collections. They have festive fare. They have fresh and ready recipes. They have something called falafel power bowls. Oh, 
Which sounds like my new favorite yeah. thing. Because I love a falafel. And I like to feel powerful. Win-win. Seer- <laughs> Seared steak and potatoes with Bernays you sauce. Bet. They have fancy. They have super cash food. They have really something for everybody. If you've been stuck in a rut and you want to spice things up in the new year, you can try types of foods from like all around the world, but using local fresh ingredients. It's kind of amazing. Plus, it's cheaper than takeout. It's cheaper than groceries. Also, if you like this thing called sports, which everyone keeps talking about, still know what it is. You can have these sports parties where you have people watch sports at your house, I guess, around your TV. I think there's also a bowl involved in that, too. It's not powerful, but I think it's super. Or is it the bowl of chips and guac that you put out? I like it. You can home gate like a pro with limited time winning assortment of snacks, appetizers, shareable sweets. It's called HelloFresh Market. Love it. And they have barbecue baby back ribs. Ooh, chocolate chip brownies, everything in between. I love it. So your house will be like the spot to go. And watch the the game. The cool spot to watch these... A sporting event. things? Yes. The bowls? The mini bowls? If it's snowing where you live, no one wants to go to the grocery store. I just want to say that... It's not the most fun. How do you get to the grocery store? How do you carry your groceries to your car? It's just slow. How do you push the cart in the snow? It's slow. How do you not fall on your butt and the eggs all break? That could happen to you, but not if you use HelloFresh because they simply deliver all the ingredients that you need, nothing extra, no food waste to your door weekly. Love it. And it's super flexible. You can change your order at any time. Can't recommend HelloFresh enough. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline21 and use code Dateline21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Dateline21 and use code Dateline21 for 21 free meals plus free shipping. Woo! Unbelievable. Plus, it makes a really good gift because I keep sending boxes to my brother and his wife so they do their meal prep. They're now obsessed with HelloFresh as well. It's the HelloFreshiest. Ring, ring. Hello? New year, new HelloFresh. Yay! No more rut for my gut. My gut's out of a rut. Getting out of gut rut with HelloFresh. I love it. Thank you, HelloFresh. Thank you, HelloFresh. Much. So, going back to North Dakota. Sure. Black gold. There were these prairie towns that Keith calls prairie towns on sudden steroids and man camps bursting with pent up testosterone. I do not like any part of Hello. that. Hello. No. That sounds terrible. Blanche Devereaux and I will be on our way, except. Good thing I can't read a map and don't know where Dakota is. This sounds awful. It sounds unpleasant. The men are safe. And people are like vying for land, right? This sounds like the Wild West. This sounds like Pioneers. It sounds like Oregon Trail dysentery. I don't know about this. I think the men are sweaty and clogging up toilets as well, or maybe using a lot of porta potties out on the sites. So there might be dysentery going around. And it does sound like the perfect recipe for a murder because there's millions and millions and millions of dollars at stake. And just lots of prairie land unplowed that you can hide a body. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's like that Gold Rush show that my dad watches. Yeah. And it's cold, like bitter cold in the winter in North Dakota. This is rough. No, thank you. So Doug gets a once in a lifetime opportunity, which he, of course, thought was a calling from God because he had been so devout. It is an oil lease that will give him 
and any partners he gets involved, the right to drill on 640 acres of land on an indigenous people's reservation. And just to buy the land is two million. And so he starts asking people to chip in and get become partners. His kids are even putting in money and becoming business partners. But to actually set up the whole drilling with all the machinery and the derricks and everything, yeah. it'll take a hundred million dollars to set up all of the digging and to actually extract the gold. But you could make um, the oil, which is gold, gold, liquid yeah. gold. But you could make billions, potentially. Absolutely. So Al- Alberta says they thought they were walking on water and God wanted them to be rich because God apparently hates the starving children and the unhoused veteran down the street. They aren't holy enough to be rich. Well, no, there's something. We- Sorry, I forgot something about prosperity gospel. It's also based like you give to the church and you get it back. So it's also based on donation. So you're giving a mm. ton of money in tithe. Yeah, you're giving it and then you and it comes back to you. When she says at some point in this, we were going to be able to redistribute this wealth to people who really needed it. I have no doubt that that's absolutely what Alberta intended to do with it. I don't know if that's what Doug intended, but I 100% believed Alberta that that's what she Yeah, you absolutely can. But they wanted all the nice things, and they were also going to help their family out. They were also going to serve ministries and do good. The point was they were going to be able to do it all. They were going to be independently wealthy and make a lot of other people wealthy, is what she thought. I do want to say, I do really like the expression, if you want to know what God thinks of money, just look at the people he gave it to. And I think that's- Oh, that's funny. I've never heard that. Yeah. It's a Dorothy Parker, I think. So Is detectives it? realized detectives realized that the Arabic papers were a con man trying to scam Doug. Oh my god! But Doug is trying to move in on other people too with his company that is called Kingdom Dynamics Enterprises which sounds like a branch of Scientology where Shelley Miscavige is being held it, against Wait a minute, world. was that Doug's company or was that the fake Arabic company? No, I paused on the screen and Doug wrote his signature above Kingdom Dynamics Enterprises. Thank you so much. because Like the kingdom of I God. I thought that was the fake company and I was like, Doug, you really should have known that this was a fake company. No, that's so his Doug company. did a bad job naming his weird... And Also... If anybody says, what was the line? It was, if you invest. A hundred percent return in 90 days. But if anybody ever says to you, I have a great investment opportunity for you. I don't care if it's someone in your family. Don't do it. The likelihood that <laughs> it's, it's like good, Ryan doing woof on just, the office. I've never known that. Just do your research. Just do a lot of research. If I had approached you with I have a great investment opportunity for you instead of saying let's do a podcast you okay. should have and rightfully should would have said no you said yeah. no yeah and also I think things that come too easy without any work are generally shady that is the truth so if it's too good to be true it probably is so if he's pitching it to you like that and you're a potential investor go why is this too good to be true it's also why people love slot machines It is so easy, but not very many people win the Mm -hmm. jackpot. Yeah. So Doug is promising things to investors that he couldn't keep, like the 100% return in 90 days. So maybe some of these investors were mad at him. 
Detectives investigate each of the potential investors and find that all of them, even though they were local to Washington State, were all out of the state at the time. Which I know it's the holidays, but he says, I just don't believe in coincidences. And that's insane that they all have these alibis where they're all out of state at the time. It's also not that close. Well, I don't know when Hanukkah was that year, but it's December 15th. So you're a good 10 days before Christmas. So, but maybe a good number of these people were Jewish and maybe Hanukkah was early. So maybe they were out of state. Maybe they spend the whole winter somewhere where it's... That's a better thought, that maybe all of these people were in Florida. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Could be that. But he thinks it's very suspicious that they are out of town because they wanted to give themselves an alibi. It's crazy. Maybe they're all involved in it together, like some sort of Agatha Christie plot. His investigation is going in so many directions. I do like him very much, by the way. The detectives, both both of the detectives. Both of the detectives. Alberta says they did have a dispute with a guy named James Hendrickson and his wife, Sarah. So Sarah and James were the Ken and Barbie of the oil fields in North Dakota. They had gotten Doug interested in oil and brought him in and wanted to do this land deal with him. We meet this other guy named Rick, Rick, who works for them. And he says, for lack of a better term, Sarah and James stuck out like a couple of turds in a punch bowl. And Rick is (laughs) my new favorite. My favorite. And Keith in voiceover says, well, one way to put it. I love that it offended Keith's sensibilities. Number one, (laughs) just I I get it. Of course it did. Because Keith is a Harvard man. He's not gonna, that's not a Keith yeah. expression. Keith would have put that much more eloquently. Yeah. We get it. But for Rick, yeah. who's telling it like, he tells it like it is the entire episode. He's just mm-hmm. like, look, here's the deal. This is a bunch of crap. He's really, he's great. Rick is a fantastic, is. very genuine interview. And he's not putting on any kind of a false front because he's being interviewed. I like him a lot. Mm-hmm. I like him. Yeah. So Ken and Barbie, a.k.a. James and Sarah, first met at a drive through coffee stand where she was a much younger barista. Did she work at Dutch Brothers? I can't think of any other drive through coffee stand but Dutch Brothers. It has to be. They started in Washington. Couldn't it just be Starbucks? Which also started but in Washington? Speci- but Starbucks, most of the time, you wouldn't call that a drive through You would call, I mean, you can go in. Dutch Brothers, you can only drive through. That's true. So... She thought James seemed like a nice, fun, older guy. And I'd like to point out he's like 30. He appears to be like 30, maybe 35. But to her, she was very young. And he was an older guy. He looks young. So they get married. He runs the trucking company Blackstone, which is providing these huge, massive trucks to the oil fields. What are you waggling your finger about? I'm waggling because Blackstone. Blackstone is a very generic name. Things like but Blackwell, maybe he's talking Blackstone, about oil, Blackwater, and gold, Blackstone, and ore. So he's running okay. it. She is the blonde on his arm. And she says her only job is to work with the accountant to make sure people got their checks on time, which seems like that would be the accountant's job. And your job is just for show. Or to make you feel like you're involved in the company. Because all you're doing 
It seemed like she was really involved. She said she'd all... She, now, here we have what was the episode about the guy whose plane went down and his wife said she wasn't involved in the business. And the wife was and like... He's, so, we don't know exactly how involved she was. She said she had to sign the checks. But then she says, all I did was make sure that the accountant got the checks out on time. So, she's definitely downplaying her role in this, which is understandable. I think she did a little bit more. The question is, did she go to college? I'm unsure. Because she was working at the coffee shop. So was she working there while she was getting her accounting degree? No, she's. I don't believe she's an actual accountant. That's why they have an accountant, maybe. And, and she, she was, was a young. boss above the accountant because she was the wife of the owner. Well, I know that like if they're married, so she's on all the paperwork. So she's a part owner in Blackstone because they're married. So what I've decided is that she is signing the checks because they are connected under the Mm -hmm. business. But I don't know if she was looking at the checks or if she was just signing a lot of things without looking, which is not good. Anyways, so some debate about how much she was involved. But- It was a huge company. They had 100 trucks. James said he came from a billion-dollar trust fund, which I don't think any of that is true. But it's such a good lie. A million-dollar trust fund seems like you could lie about it, but a billion, it feels like too big. He's smart in that way. He did such a big lie that it's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, too big to fail. Rick says in 20-degree weather, he wouldn't be wearing a jacket because he wanted to show off his guns. And with their white teeth and their super tans. And that's why they were called Ken and Barbie. And Sarah was offended by being called Ken and Bar or by being called Barbie. And Keith says, well, you were living in a town of all men. And she says 92 to one. That's a I, nightmare. I, that's too much for me. I, mean, I don't even, Blanche Devereaux would like that. It's too much for me. I don't like that ratio. That makes, that puts a lot of pressure on you. It makes me really yeah. uncomfortable. Either way, it's a lot because it's all about mm-hmm. money, right? So this is all like a greed yes. factory. I don't know. And also, I loved Rick's description because you see it so clearly of James with the t-shirt that's yeah. so tight. And every picture yeah. we're seeing of him, they're these very specific t-shirts again that are very, very tight in mm-hmm. the arms. They're cut yeah. short because his arms are so yeah, bulging. Yeah, because he's roided and out. Yeah, and he's going to show that, and he's like, and he kept showing off his guns, like, outside, which just screams douche. It screams major douchebag, right? So, Doug went into the oil lease together with James and Sarah for the reservation land. Why? He thought it was a great deal, and riches. He wanted riches, and God was handing him this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity of riches. And he... Why would Doug and James be in the same room? They met through the oil business. It was a friend of a friend. James was a friend of a friend of Doug's and started talking to him about the oil business. And Doug saw money signs and was like, I have to get and to James North Dakota. Is charming. And James is charming and young. But I would not trust James as far as I could throw him. I might trust Sarah. Maybe. Which is what's weird, because Sarah seems like fresh faced Mm -hmm. and kind of, you know what I'm saying? Even in the interview, she's very Mm -hmm. well spoken. She knows what to say. But I would immediately think that James was like a smarmy pirate trying to take my money. I would. And spend it on steroids. As well. But Doug 
didn't have any qualms. So they both put in money, but the money was very unequal. James put in a hundred, sorry, James put in $600,000. 600000 And Doug only put in $40,000, which is when you start to think that Doug's finances were not all that he made them out to be. And we'll find out more about that mm-hmm. later. Doug was getting, I hate to say it, greedy. And that is one of the deadly sins. He wanted to take over. He thought, I'm only putting in 40, but once this deal goes through, I'm basically going to take over and kick out James. And they both were thinking the exact same thing. But I would think James has more of a right to it because he's putting in way more money. But whatever. They both were being going into it very shady already, thinking, I'm going to kick this other oh, person yeah. out once I go in. Oh, yeah. They're arguing about it. Doug tells his sons, if anything happens to me, it's James. So James, number one suspect now. But James was in North Dakota when Doug was killed in Washington. So detectives Mm -hmm. put out an alert. We need any info for anyone who's done business with Doug. And a man comes forward named Robert DeLeo. And he's a career criminal and a gang member. But I thought he had kind eyes in his mugshot. So I was rooting for Robert. He comes in just to say, I know Doug. I want you to know that even though I have a record, I had nothing to do with Doug's murder. He comes in just to say that. What's going on here? He's... I kept waiting in the episode for them to be like, but then they got this bit of information. He came forward with information and to ensure the cops that, look, I have this information, but I didn't do it. Except there was no information. He just came in to say... Don't look well, over here. He knows here. they're looking into whoever's done any business with Doug, and he has a huge record. So he thinks I'm going to come in first before they come after me. It'll make me look a lot better. It really doesn't. <laughs> it's really the most suspicious thing you could do. It's really like a child who says, "You're going to notice there's a cookie <laughs> missing. I want you to know that I didn't had nothing to do with that." And your mouth is covered <laughs> in sprinkles. That's really what's happening here. He I, I don't volunteers get it. to take a lie detector test and passes. Okay. So I'm sticking by my kind eyes thought at this time. He might be kind, but he's not smart. This was not a smart move. Well, I think. it works because they think, okay, think he, he didn't have, have anything this. to do with it. He voluntarily came in. And before we even asked him to, he took a lie detector and he passed. So... They think, okay, great. I still feel like Lester says the detective got a tantalizing tip at his fingertips. Eh, Felt a little lazy to me. Tantalizing bit at his fingertips. Tantalizing, I don't know, something else. See, we can't even do it better, so we shouldn't be judging Lester. Meanwhile, twenty detectives are working on the case. One guy's job was just to find the white van from the crime scene. And he's able to figure out the make and model, and he finds out that there are 75 registered in that area, and he has to track them all down. And again, this is before van life. It's now five times that with the white vans. Except that this had something special. It was an extended. They said after factory Yeah, a lot of van lifers have the extended, because you're living in it. They better. You have to. I'm not going to, I don't think. You're foolish, I know. So one of the detectives get a be on the lookout report for James and Sarah. And it says these people are con artists and thieves. 
essentially beware of their gleaming white teeth. They're scam artists. Don't get into business with them. And it has their photos. So this are. What is that? What is a ripoff? It's like a report that someone in North Dakota was putting out saying, beware of these people. But also the tip came in as a revenge thing, a payback thing from a couple that, sorry, a disgruntled former partner of James and Sarah. So they make, I can't, Mm -hmm. I don't know if the police make this report, but then they made, the person made flyers of it and put it up all over North Dakota to get back at them or like reported them to the police. I'm not entirely sure how it works, but they, so they have business enemies as well. And the flyer says that one of James and Sarah's employees, Casey Clark, had up and disappeared a year before Doug was killed and no one had seen him since. And so I Mm. thought whoever put up these flyers is gutsy because you now have two people, one that's dead and one that's disappeared, and you are going on the offensive against this couple by putting up flyers all over town. Was it Rick? I don't know if it was Rick. Rick really liked KC and said he was super nice and funny and they hung out together all the time and he wants to know what happened to him. So I don't know if it's Rick. It could be I think Rick knew about it. For sure. I think that if you said ripoff report, Rick would know what you were talking about. So Rick and Casey worked together for the trucking company that James owned. They never got time off. And it seems like there has to be much more than that. But for whatever reason, they weren't getting time off and XYZ. They decide to go work for a rival trucking company. But that's... They're both scared of James. Casey, especially, is an old friend of James and is very scared. And he's worried that James is going to find out that they're leaving and going to work for this other company. And Uh he disappears right when he's like going to tell James or James. So he goes into the office to tell James, I'm going to go work for this other company. Never seen again. And then he never comes out. It's like Willy Wonka. So James has been investigated for Casey's disappearance, and he passed a polygraph about it. So it never went any further. Detectives go to North Dakota to see James and Sarah, Hmm. and they see an almost new Bentley with flat tires in the garage, which is just very weird and If you want to know what God thinks of money, look at who he gave it to. So Sarah, though, was very nice to the police. However, James leans out the door, slaps the cop's shoulder and says, it's a shame you came all this way, buddy. My lawyer told me not to talk to you. And he closes the door. Super douchey. And the detective said he was 250 pounds of steroid muscle. And he bragged about benching over 500 pounds, which is not the first time they describe someone's like muscly. They're obsessed with muscles. They want to go to the gun. I'm show. so sorry. This one particular detective is extremely descriptive about physique. Yes. And it cracked yeah. me up because it's very descriptive and it's very good. He does it very yeah. smooth. He delivers it. But yeah, we can yeah. tell. But he says he wasn't scared. He bared his wolf teeth and he wasn't scared. I also think that detective, based on just him in the chair, I think he might be like 6'5". Yeah. I don't know. Something like, about I'm this big ruffled too. his feathers. I'm, yeah, I'm really big too. This, 
All of this seemed to ruffle him. Yeah. He did not like this. Yeah. yeah. So the two detectives keep working on the case, and the other detective gets a blood clot that almost killed him, but he refuses to keep to stop working this case. So Doug's family, meanwhile, is trying to grieve. The mom, Alberta, was devastated. And what's hardest on the children, Melanie, the daughter especially, was that all of Doug's secrets, secrets, had now come out. Secrets mm. like... They weren't rich. They had yeah. been acting like they were rich and that God had blessed them with all this money. The house was heavily mortgaged. The cars weren't paid off. He was completely broke, even though he had paperwork that said he was worth $6 million and $12 million. So God had not rewarded them as much as their church had promised. He, Doug had even not bought life insurance to make his wife want to kill him on another dateline. If, she, if this were a right. different story, he didn't even have life mm-hmm. insurance. And Keith asks Alberta if she's mad that he didn't provide for her in his death. And she says, I never believed in life insurance. I believed in trusting the Lord for our finances. And that's what we did. And I was like, huh, but it didn't work. You were broke. No, no, no. Because it's going to be that it comes in different ways. Right. Like it- or maybe... I'll get it later after Doug has passed or maybe in heaven I'll be rewarded. It really will come rich. to my children. I'll right. be rewarded in heaven. Right. The one thing that I can say is where this might devastate someone else, I really don't think it did devastate Alberta in that way. So in that way, that's great. Yeah. Because this could have really, you know, everything is going to be taken away from her. And she's like, that's okay. I still have my faith and God is testing me. And so in this certain circumstance, that might really help her psyche. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Mm-hmm. To just have that kind of comforting blanket. Yeah, no, I'm happy that she has faith. And I don't mind when people have faith at all. I just don't like when they f- use their faith to put themselves above other people. Or to make God seem like he just hands out money to certain people and not to other people. No, because the thought behind it is not that it's just to certain people. It's that if you do these things, it will be bestowed upon you. And if it's not bestowed upon you, you're not doing these things correctly. And that's what I don't like, because it's like in The Way Down, where the child dies, and they blame the congregation for like, you must have not prayed hard enough. And that's why this child died that has no relation to you whatsoever. It blames other people. It's why it's really frustrating. I'm just saying in this circumstance, very specifically, yeah. it's good. It's, yeah, she seems to her. still have faith and her children still have some money. I think her children were doing okay. So I think her children were also helping her, which I was really happy to, yes. to hear. The daughter seemed to really take up her roots and yeah. leave her family and be like, I need to take care of my mom. Yeah. And that was good. Yeah. So the glove that they found on the property, they tested it and it came back with a hit to a Timothy Suckow? Suckow. Suckow. Who also has a record. He was local to the Washington area, and he worked for an asbestos removal company called IRS, which cracked me up. I just don't feel like the government wants people to do that, but it's kind of funny. (laughs) Was it on purpose? I think it has to be on purpose. It's very funny. Also, what does a welding glove look like? Flash dance. One of those very thick gloves that goes to your at least partially part down past your wrist and does it look like a power glove do you remember do you remember the power glove for nintendo oh no i don't think it's that thick but it could be that thick maybe how much is it i mean you're dealing with like hot metal 
and things like that. So It might be. Or asbestos, whatever. So they drive around in white vans for this IRS company, and it matches the van that they're looking for. So the SWAT team goes and arrests Timothy, and they take a bunch of pictures of him shirtless with many tattoos. But interestingly enough, none of the tattoos go on his neck or his face. And I was like, way to go, Timothy. You keep that pentagram and scorpion and East Coast tattoo on your torso. No. So they can be covered up if you have a job interview or you're visiting your mom in the home. Did you see the cover up? What cover? The cover up is insane on his arms. The amount of prison tattoos is shocking. There's a whole layer on his arms of lighter faded sleeves and then like massive like black, very dark, new, new um, tribal sort tattoos, of like kind of jagged tribal going down yeah. his arms, but that it's not full because cu- honestly, there's so many prison t- and they are absolutely prison tattoos because there's one of like a broken conversation heart with like initials in it. I mean, there I zoomed in <laughs> on them because I, what I'm also thinking is that he probably had to join or at some point joined a white power gang. Yeah, but I was fascinated. Why did you cover them? Not fully. Not you well. You definitely still see not the well. other ones. Yeah, not well. It was, it made me kind of sad. Yeah, poor Timothy. I do actually fi- weirdly feel bad for Timothy. Every Yeah, so this is a rough thing. Yeah. He, we learned from the detective who is obsessed with muscly men. Here we go. That Timothy again. is 275 pounds of muscle. So a solid 25 muscle. pounds more than James, if you're keeping track, which this detective clearly is. James was 250 solid roided muscle. Yeah. And then Timothy is 275 solid muscle. Solid muscle. Minus the roids. But we don't know how much Timothy can bench because he didn't brag about it because he's not a we douche not. like James. But he might be but a But I love the Dateline left both in. Yeah, I know. Made me very happy. Yeah, This whole episode good. with the man camp and it's a 92 to 1 women men to women this is testosterone the musical this whole episode it really is yeah it made me sweaty a little i don't know this world very well you live with an mma fighter who's who has very weird sensitive tattoos. and nice yeah he is you know i don't understand Still this don't roided him. no absolutely not but i don't understand this roided muscle yeah there's a lot of like male rage yes. in this episode and yes. greed. I don't, th- these are concepts that are just not part not of my life. for me. Yeah, So they tell Timothy they have his DNA at the scene and he says so calmly, you guys are scaring me now. Do I need a lawyer? And they say, well, that's your choice. And he says, probably be smarter to get a lawyer. <laughs> He's so calm. So- Every episode that we watch, nobody does it. No. But this prison vet, uh-huh, like he he's knows. a veteran of the prison system, yeah. is like, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. These charges are pretty intense. Yeah. I'm going to go ahead and lawyer up on this. And I was like, no one else does. Yeah. But this guy he with knows. the East Coast across his tummy. Meanwhile, knows. you have, what's his name, Robert, coming in voluntarily. I'll take a polygraph. What do you guys want to talk about? Who? What is happening? Here? Okay. But oh. Timothy says, we can go to court because you guys are out of your tree, <laughs> which is, I love that. New, I have heard that I knew expression, you would love that. But I love it. Yeah. And then he falls asleep in the interrogation because <laughs> they keep leaving him alone in the room and he's that chill. That's funny. That he fall And I, if he, you see his like lips moving almost like he's a cartoon character, like, 
<laughs> you know, cartoon character sleep. Yeah. So in Timothy's in Timothy's car, they find a to do list. Oh my god. Okay. He is the most organized hitman of all time. It says glove question mark badge. Was he gonna pretend to be a cop? Trench coat, wheel man. Nope. Which is hilarious to me. Wheel man and wingman. So he wanted to have a wheelman and a wingman. So wheelman must be lingo for a driver. Yes. I have not heard that before and I like it. Oh, Did yeah. Did you know that? Yes, I, that one I've heard. I feel like Dennis has I said haven't it. heard that. I don't remember that one. I like it. So you, I guess he needs two men. Two boots. It says two boots. <laughs> Practice with pistol. Show route Aww. on Google Earth. Aww. Greg B. Who's Greg B? I don't know, but I, I need to know. Who was Greg B? And then it says, wipe tools down. And then the weirdest thing is it says, husk pills, and in parentheses, super supplement. So instead of roids, he's taking husk pills. Which sound like trucker pills. You think so? I think they sound like vitamins that like you get at Whole Foods. Did you Google it? No. Should I Google it? Am I going to get flagged? No. Husk pills. Oh, because he's, it says super supplement. Well, yeah, super supplement does sound like trucker pills that they'd have by the side of the register. Facilium husk. Oh, I take that. That's fiber. It's a fiber supplement. Yeah. It's silly. No, I think that husk. Yeah. I feel like husk pills are going to be some sort of like weird super caffeine pill. Like a. Yeah. You know. Psyllium husk is like Metamucil. Oh, okay. No, it's not that. But it's not really what I would call a super supplement. It's a fiber supplement. Maybe he's really a regular. He's super. Re- you guys, IBS affects everyone, including myself and including Timothy. Yeah. So Keith is laughing at the to-do list a little bit, but I was super impressed because creating a manageable to-do list every day is a life skill I have been working on with my therapist. There we go. Good for you, Timothy. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. And like I said, I've been talking with my therapist about resolutions and how we go balls to the wall with them and we eventually fail because we've set ourselves up for failure. So I've been practicing setting really reasonable goals for myself with a short to-do list every day and I can just do the easiest thing first. And if I only do that easiest thing, it's okay. At least I did one thing. I'm not a total failure. And even if I did none of them, I'm still a worthwhile person, as my therapist would say. Even if you never check off those items. So if you get bogged down by the stress of life, the pressure you put on yourself, the feeling of being frozen because you're overwhelmed by things you have to do. Yes. You might need some help. Therapy teaches you life skills that empower you on how to take everything that 2023 is going to throw at you, which I feel like might be a lot because I think I have dragons and hot air balloon crashes on my 2023 bingo cards. Therapy can be a great tool in your tool belt to help you slay those dragons. And BetterHelp is convenient, flexible, affordable, and totally online from the privacy of your own home. And I love that if you don't vibe with your therapist, you can switch at no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Dateline today to get 10% off your first month. That's Better H-E-L-P Help dot com slash dateline because we can all use a little better help in 2023 
because the dragons are coming. Oh boy, the dragons are here. And Thank Hunter you, BetterHelp. <laughs> Thank you so much, BetterHelp. So on Timothy's phone, they find a contact that says James in ND, like North Dakota. There so we go. So Keith says jackpot. Katie says, there we go. Yeah. Kimberly says, bingo. Oh, which is what okay. Dennis would say. Yeah. Or Dennis would say, that's a coup de gras shot. That's the money shot. So now Sarah, the blonde Barbie, says James has been cheating no, on her. No, blonde non-Barbie. Sorry, non-blonde Barbie. For blonde non-Barbie. Blonde non-Barbie yes. says James, she finds out, has been cheating on her. Shocker, right? He seems like such an amazing guy. He's been cheating with a younger woman, and you're thinking, Sarah's only in her early 20s. How is he cheating with a younger woman? That's disgusting. How are we not surprised? We find out it is someone that is to Sarah like a little sister, a very close family friend. Her name is Peyton Martin. She is the daughter of a guy named Tex Hall, which is our second Tex on Dateline. Hmm. Remember Tex McC... I do. McCle- McCrary. I don't remember what his last name was. The ch- he text this text. He is the chief of the MHA Nation, which is the Indian slash Native American slash Indigenous Peoples Reservation. Datelines mm-hmm. is Indian Reservation. The Indian Reservation slash all of those controls the land that James and Doug are trying to buy and do all that oil work on. So mm-hmm. they're in business with this chief text. And James starts a relationship with his teenage daughter, who is 19. Barf. Barf. I hope she listens to Taylor Swift's Woulda, Coulda, Shoulda, which is the most fire song and a teardown of anyone who is in their 30s, late 30s, dating a 19-year-old. It's There's a lot of power dynamics going on. So Sarah and the family... The Tex and Peyton family were vacation together. They were friends. There's a photo of them together paddleboarding. It's Sarah, Peyton, and James. It's gross. It's not good. And then Peyton gets pregnant and posts about it on social media, 19. And Sarah sees this and she calls Peyton. She has found out they've been cheating. She calls Peyton and Peyton says... It's none of your business, but if it is your husband's baby, then get over it. Because Peyton sounds like a delight. She's a diamond. So Peyton has the baby, and its name is Bentley. Bentley is also the kind of car that had the flat tires in the garage that was Sarah's car. That's a mess. That feels like a dig. I really do not like this. It's really just icky. So... When Chief Tex finds out about this affair and the pregnancy and all of that, he banishes James from the reservation and from his daughter's Clovis. So Mm -hmm. now we find out that there is a Homeland Security agent who is also investigating James totally separately and has been for a couple years. So we had thought no one was looking into Casey's disappearance. It's not true. He has Hmm. been looking into James for Casey's disappearance and for all of these shady deals. So these two investigators, the detectives and the Homeland Security guy are like, let's team up and be friends and share information and take down James. I love it. I love it. 
Meanwhile, Sarah is getting suspicious of her husband, and not just because he had a baby with a 19-year-old, but he had walked in when Doug was murdered and walked in and said, Doug's dead. Straight face, no emotion. She thought it was really weird. But she doesn't want to think he might have had anything to do with it. She wanted the fairy tale. You know what I say about that. Raise your standards, lady. Be your own Prince Charming. You got it. So finally she says, I want a divorce. And he, even though he's cheating on her, is like, no, I will destroy you. You can't divorce me. Very threatening. So then one day Sarah gets a call from the local sheriff. She goes down to the station and Homeland Security is there. And they say, we just found out that your husband is trying to have you killed today. Today. Not that we literally we found just out found today. out. We f- He's trying it's to have you happen. killed on this day. We just found out and it's happening today. Everything's happening today. Oh my gosh. And they think it's because if she went through with the divorce, he would lose money and he doesn't want to. And he wants control over her and all of that. So they want to put her in a safe house. They won't let her call her mom or anybody to tell her where she's going because then he'll go after them trying to find out where she is. Right. He's already calling everyone to find out where she is. They drive her to the border to Canada and they so they want it to make it look like she's fled to Canada, but they put her in a safe house. They're, when they're in the police department parking lot, a car backfires and all of the agents pull out their guns because they thought it, like he had come for her. That's how insane this is. Wow. So investigators go search Sarah and James's house and they find guns. And he's a convicted felon. He Surprise. has a record. Surprise. James also has a record. So he cannot have those guns. So they arrest him for that. They find him at Peyton's friend's apartment. He's just hanging out with teenagers oh my at gosh. the apartment. And they surround him with guns and he is smirking at them. And they, he's like, hey, how are you? To the Homeland Security guy. And just super smarmy. He, and like, like he was trying to charm them, they said. Yeah. Yeah. What? That's and so, so creepy. he's arrested in an extremely low cut V neck that makes his neck look huge. It's like the size of my thigh, and my thigh is size beautiful. But that's his how big pecs his neck look is. great. <laughs> so his delts look awesome. Sorry, yeah. I don't know what a delt is. It was arm day. And, and his, yeah, no, it was chest day. Chest day. Because low V neck. He has a neck like Rani. On he has one hundred percent of Ronnie neck. neck. Yeah, one thousand percent. So Sarah still has to stay in hiding in case the hit is still on. Her friends are calling the police, saying, "Where is Sarah? We think he did something to her." And they can't tell them she's safe. She's in hiding, but he was trying to do something to her. So her poor family and friends don't know anything, and she can't contact them. Mm. James agrees to talk to investigators, but he thinks he's smarter than everyone in the room. And he tells them this whole thing has to do with the drug cartel and the M.A. And then he says to the guy, you know what that is? And the guy from Homeland Security is like, I'm from Homeland Security, Bisque. I know what the Mexican mafia is. I know every acronym you're going to throw at me. I know the gangs. Again, I'm Homeland Security. My God. And he's, he's just name like, dropping. He's name dropping crime organizations that and he, he is 
in, in, in the outs with or involved with, or they're going to, they're going to kill me in prison, whatever. No biggie fries, whatever. He does. He keeps saying stuff like, and he keeps doing like movie lines. He's like, you sure you guys can protect me? He's like daring them. Like, I don't know if you guys can protect me. He's trying to use like reverse psychology in the weirdest possible way. He's just an, He's just dumb. This is He's really so dumb. irritating. He's trying to, to me. make him sound so important and it's not working. Yeah. So finally, police are still talking to Timothy, the one with the van and the unfortunate tattoos. And he admits that he killed both Doug and Casey on James's order. And uh, Robert, who I thought had kind eyes and passed Robert a polygraph. Yeah. Robert DeLeo, I thought, had kind eyes. He passed a polygraph. He admits that he recruited Timothy and passed along money and instructions from James. So middle he man. was the middleman and set up James and Timothy to get this going. And James also passed a polygraph, too. So if any episode is not an endorsement of polygraphs, it's really this one. This one. Yeah. So... James is charged with conspiracy and murder for hire for Casey and Doug and the attempts of the lives of three other business partners. Wow. They don't even put in the attempt on Sarah's life because they have these other cases that are like easier to prove. And there's just so many that people that he tried to kill. My God. So James doesn't plan on going to trial, though. He first, he's going to break out, guys. He liked prison break. I am... Okay. So he for his first plan is there's a prison transport van that has to take me to court. I'm going to hire this dude that I know in prison to attack the transport van, shoot the driver, set the van on fire. And wow. as it's on fire, I'm going to leap out of it like Kiefer on 24 yeah. and tr- stop, drop and roll and run into the hills and flee. It's like Shawshank times taken with Liam Neeson, like super dramatic. And unfortunately, the guy he asks totally rats him out and tells the cops about this plan. Of course. So then his next plan is he and his cellmate have an idea that they're going to sneak out the window of their cell because their cells have these windows. And so they tie together bed sheets and they are seven, sorry, nine stories Nine up. stories high. Nine stories high. And they have bed sheets hanging out this window that are all tied together like Annie is trying to escape or something. Unfortunately for him, these employees are coming into the jail to work for the day and they see the rope hanging like out the of the window. Rapunzel's hair out the <laughs> yes. window. And they're thinking, that's not right. And unlike the horribly inept employees I've seen on 60 Days In, these corrections officers turn him in and they have follow through. And then we learn more about the window. This is the best. So the window that they thought they were going to sneak out and went to the trouble of tying nine stories worth of bedsheets out is purposefully designed so that a human head can't get through. To my eye, it looks to be maybe six inches wide. Oh, it's so tiny. It were they gonna shrink themselves with a ray gun that they built in prison? There's also, no isn't he two hundred and fifty pounds of roided a, muscle? How are you getting neck, through the window? 
It's his neck is twice the size, the width of this window. There's, I don't know what they were thinking. I have no idea. Honestly, no, no clue. So I wonder what like he was doing. Somehow like a child in that prison that they were going to sneak uh, out and then that guy was going to unlock this. I don't even know how it was Like was, was somebody supposed to sneak? Like maybe there was a really thin guy that was going to shimmy <laughs> out that he thought he could shimmy but out. then how is he going to get the rest of them out? Like, Well, I think that he probably promised him that then he would come and let him out. But that's a whole other operation. You have there to are sneak still back guards in. everywhere. You can't. What's, yeah, you have to sneak back in, and then, so, or maybe he goes through the duck system somehow, like prison break. I don't know what this I mean, little thin guy was doing. I don't think a little thin person could even get through because of your head and he your can't. shoulders. He can't. And if he did and hit the ground, he would be gone. Yeah, he's not coming back for you, James. No. I just, the stupidity is off the charts. So they want Timothy and Robert to take the stand against James. But they don't know if they're good witnesses or they're going to be believed. Because as the detective tells us, or the prosecutor tells us, one of them has a tattoo on his back of him peeing on the headstone of the last guy he killed. Oh, my God. So I thought that was Robert, but you think that's one of the tattoos on his back. No, that's, that's covered Timothy. Up. And that's Timothy. Well, so, Robert hasn't killed anyone. Robert had Robert. No, Timothy, they tell Robert us. Robert also in for, has a criminal record and is in a gang. But not for manslaughter. Timothy we had been know. in for manslaughter. We're told that. Yeah. So I Timothy's don't know how his charge got. Some things. I don't know if he's killed someone, why he's out, but. He maybe did it a few years ago and system's broken. Okay. So the DAs go to see Timothy in jail to prep him for trial so he can testify against James. But he is having a bipolar episode and you see him and they're trying to prep him and he's just weeping openly. And this is rough. Can't talk. It's rough. It's very sad. It's so rough. they're like, we have to get him on his meds now so that he can testify. Which they do, and he does. He performs well in court. He says Robert set it all up. James paid him to kill Casey. He beat him to death. And then he and James buried him. But actually, he did the digging, and James is just standing there watching because it must have been leg day, and James didn't want to work on his delts. <laughs> so James says, as Timothy is digging the hole, how much is this going to cost me? And I was thinking, why are you so dumb? You discuss that before the murder. You yeah. don't discuss that after the murder. Mm -mm. And Timothy says 20K, which please someone add it to the spreadsheet on our website. This is in North Dakota. And in North Dakota, it costs 20K. So Timothy burned his clothes from when he killed Casey. And they find the remnants of that fire. But they're never able to find Casey's body. Mm. So James wanted Casey dead because he was leaving the trucking business and he wanted Doug dead because he thought he was going to take too much of the oil business because they each wanted each other gone. And all of this for a deal where they hadn't even raised all the money and the money wasn't even all in place and the deal had not been done yet. So and he's again, James is sleeping with the chief that they need this land from. This deal was never going through. I just don't understand. None of these people were like threatening to turn him in from what we can tell or anything. I just don't. The motive seems real weird on these. Is it a pride thing? Is he just? I think it, 
I think he's sociopath and has killed probably lots of people. And when Casey okay. left him, that was like a huge betrayal. And because he'd known Casey for a long time, because Casey mm-hmm. and James had known each other. Okay. Yeah. And with Doug, it was just about this deal. So there are texts between James and Robert and then Robert to Timothy about the details of the hits. Timothy explains how he shot Doug and how he left that glove that at the scene. And if they hadn't ever found that glove that mm-hmm. had his DNA on it, James would have gotten to have gone through with all of these killings and he would have become an actual serial killer. Because it takes wow. three people. And he had tried to kill 11 people. He loved hiring people to kill people. That was like his meal prep. It was his joy. It's like his It seems like it. But then again, um, he's not doing it. He keeps his hands clean. He doesn't even dig the hole. He just watches and gets Man. somebody else to do it. So James's lawyer's defense is just like... It wasn't James. It was all Timothy and Robert. James had nothing to do with it. Why Timothy and Robert would have any reason to kill yeah, wherewithal, Casey and Doug? Right, right. No, no, no idea. So James is found guilty. Robert gets 22 years. Timothy asks, please send me to a prison with mental health care so that I can get help. And so that I can find I out why I'm doing this. Why I'm doing this and get my bipolar treated. And again, and we are not saying bipolar people are murderers. We're not saying that at all. No, but not he, at all. He I, does I, have issues and should be in a proper place. And it seems and like he was not a long time getting ago. his meds at the current facility that he was at. So, right. yeah, he needs to go somewhere that has that. That makes Unfortunately, sense. Unfortunately, there are not a lot of those places. So... He begs for forgiveness and he cries to Alberta for killing Doug. And he says, I can't forgive myself, but can you forgive me? And Alberta says, yes, I do forgive you. And so does God. She really does forgive him. She's very religious and has no hatred in her heart. And I think that's nice. So Timothy gets 30 years. Now, James, when he's sentenced, you expect him to apologize as well. Instead... He reads a short story about abortion. A b- very Those graphic are, about abortion. That's all we know about it. We don't know what his opinion is. I don't need is. to know. I don't need to know anything else, but besides the fact that that's a really creepy... He did it to just be shocking. He's messed yes. up. Yeah. That's like... Yeah. That's messed mm-hmm. up. Yeah, Absolutely. And mm-hmm. he gets two consecutive life sentences. Good. And he decides to not appeal. It, this is a first. I don't think I've ever seen that. I don't think we've ever covered a case where they don't. Or they don't, but they I don't feel like say that they're appealing. But I feel like there's some weird reason why he's not appealing. Because he's so calculated, but also so dumb, that it's just so bizarre. I think he thinks he's going to go and rule the prison. Yeah, Maybe. Because people on Dateline, everyone can appeal. It's totally your legal right. But some of the people that are clearly murderers that appeal, they think they're smarter than everybody and they will somehow get it thrown out. And they really think that this is going to happen. But he's just not going for it. And I think he's a real criminal. I think like a con artist kind of criminal where he thinks he's going to work work the system from within. Yeah. Yeah. 
I think he's been to prison a number of times. I think he, he also kind of knows how it works. He can escape through a tiny window in prison. So I think he likes the idea that he thinks he's going to be the big man on campus in prison. Yeah. I think he's going be. to figure some stuff out. I think he'll get into the drug trafficking. I think that he's going to just be a criminal, but he's going to be a criminal in prison. Yeah. Wow. Totally. That's scary. It's scarier that he's not appealing, to be honest. I feel yeah, really bad for wherever he is. It does. It bothers me. Mm-hmm. So Casey's friends and family are still looking for Casey's body. Rick <sighs> is on a, you know, tear trying to... It's so sad. They're searching. It's really sad. To- Rick gets choked up. It's sad. Yeah. So Sarah, they determined had nothing to do with it. But in the community, people are still very suspicious of her. And then they're even more suspicious after she pleads guilty to conspiracy to commit mail fraud. So there's something she signed or something, right? There's something she was signing that the business was doing that either she knew about or didn't know about. James was lying to her about. I don't know. I don't want to speculate how much Mm -hmm. she was involved or knew about. Keith seems to think that she had nothing to do with it. He feels very badly for her. And he says, what did you do to deserve this? And she says, I married a monster. But that doesn't mean I am one. And so she gets probation and doesn't have to serve any time. She gets she has to pay over $300,000 in restitution. Oof, that's rough. Yeah. She married the wrong man. Yeah, she really did. And she was young. And I'm sure she was was young. Charming. Mm hmm. And then he was wealthy. And so, Mm -hmm. I mean, no, this is. And then she was scared. I mean, this is just a bad situation. You can see how this could happen. Yeah. If I were to speculate, I would say if she was involved or knew stuff, she didn't want to go along with it. But that he was sort of forcing her to go along with things. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious. So I'd like to talk to the accountant. Yeah. I have a few questions. Did you, was that the end of your recap? Well, we learned that murderous ambition bubbled up with the crude. Ooh, that was good, Keith. Yeah, very good. It was very good. Okay, so I have a question. I was a little confused about one part of this. Were the deals that that he was trying to get the loans for and that he got all those partners in, you know, the thing that was $2 million, was that the same? Was that part of the same thing that he was doing with James? Or was this a separate deal? No, that was part. They needed $100 million to start to get that land and then to start digging on that land. And so they needed investors. So I think they were both trying to get as many people involved as possible. But Doug also had other deals. He had a bunch of businesses that his kingdom dynamics enterprises were those businesses or were those investments you were doing an investment with kingdom dynamics well he had his own excavation business he was trying to get he got into the trucking business with james first he then got into the oil business but i think he had his hands in everything i guess my thought was that if him and james were together were partners on this oil deal then it doesn't really matter if he had 40,000 himself in and James had 600,000. Mm-hmm. If he got a lot of investors. Doug was getting more money, right? Mm-hmm. So Doug, we already know he got 100,000 from one of his sons. So yes. I mean, if Doug was getting more investors, then he would actually surpass James. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? 
maybe James was signed on to Kingdom Dynamics. They were together in this, but I don't know. That was what I was wondering. Because it didn't make any sense to me why Doug would ever think that he could take it over. That he was going to sort of edge James out. The only way that he could is if it was that he had gotten more investors than James. Yeah, or whatever their deal was. I don't know what their I don't deal either. was or how it was phrased. I just don't see why James would need Doug because Doug only gave $40,000. James, well, it seems James like James could have is, just ousted him at any time. James does have a really successful trucking company. But again, there's so much shady financing. We don't know how much money he actually had and how much money he was spending. And well, right, but why again? Fraud but why does James need Doug is what I'm saying. Why would James ever sign up to join something with Doug? Why because would they Doug ever be? has all these rich investors in Washington. Okay, so, so that's the only value that Doug is bringing to this. Because James has, you're right, James has a trucking company. James has things that are much more desirable than what Doug has. But if Doug has but enough no one, money up there, then maybe. No one in North Dakota trusts James because he's so shady. So no but one's Doug really does. getting into business with him. But okay. Doug has fresh whales in the oceans of Washington. That's right. a weird way to say it. No, it, and, no, it makes sense. Yeah. You know, so he can bring in all this new money. Cash whale. And Doug acts like a huge businessman with all these contacts and was able to raise a lot of money. But no, unfortunately, right. he himself was not, was, had overextended himself, had gotten conned by some, you know, Saudi Arabians or something. And just, it was all a mess. Yeah. Got yeah. it. Okay. All right. Our first episode of 2023 is dedicated to Jonah S. Jonna S. J O N N A. Jonna. Jonna. Jonna S. from Patreon and Abby from Supercast. And I don't Abby know why. From Supercast. This sounds to me like a Babysitter's Club book. Jonna, Jonna and Abby. Yes. Jonna absolutely. and Abby form a rival club, and Christy is really mad. Oh, yeah, there, there was an Abby on Babysitter's Club. Maybe that's why I'm thinking. But Jonna so also is... sounds like a Babysitter's Club name. Yeah, definitely. Did you guys babysit? Have you started a club? Would you yeah. be the treasurer like Stacy? Would you mm -hmm. be provide the room and the candy and be the vice president like Claudia? Which BSC member are you? That's what I yeah. want to hear from people. Really good I question. I have always felt like I was a Dawn personally. I have never read the books, but I'm going to okay. take your word for it. This is a great <laughs> analogy. You are Claudia, 1,000%. I don't know what that means, but I'm offended a little <laughs> bit already. And I'm going to look it up after this. So don't think I won't know, because I will know what you mean by that. She stashes candy everywhere around her room like a hoarder because oh, her mom correct. won't let her have candy. Yeah, that's correct. There we go. Nailed it. And yeah. you are Dawn, who is? She's from California. She's a vegetarian. She's a hippie. She has, I don't know. I always just related more to Dawn. There we go. I like it. I like it a but lot. But if you guys don't agree, tell me if I'm someone else. And Jonna and I Abby. I might be a little Christy, too. You can also just be your own Jonna and Abby, and that is enough. And thank you so much for being Patreons. And Thank supercasters. you, Lady and Supercasters. Thank you so much. Thank you, you so much. You are going to make 2023 great. I can tell already. You already did. You already did. It's done. 
All right, B-roll bonanza. Let's get on it. Yeah, what do you have? Alberta. Why is her purse on the interview table? Sorry, we get a lot of her interview footage. Her huge purse is sitting on the table. I feel like they don't normally let you do that. Normally that table is clear. She does not want her purse to sit on the floor. She doesn't trust her purse being with the, like, assistant. Is there a PA that's going to watch her purse? She's not going to let that happen. It's not going to sit on the ground. She's She's not going to let it sit on the ground. Yeah. Mm, I don't know. It was um, Alberta sets the rules, and she is not happy. But I do hope Albert is doing better. I hope the whole family is doing better. I really felt for Doug's family because... This would be a hard episode to watch, I think, if you were Doug's family, just because mm-hmm. it's not... It, when you hear things l- like oil investment and stuff, it makes... It, Keith brings up greed quite a few times, and it's hard because he was technically like a church-going man and stuff. So I wonder... I hope they didn't feel like he was being besmirched. He wasn't. He made a bad business deal. He made a lot of bad business deals. And was lying to his investors. And he sees, and he like did something that a lot of people fall prey to. They just saw something that looked like a get rich quick, right? Mm-hmm. Or get rich by oil. Like, yeah. it makes sense. And he maybe had good reasons. Like, he can help more people with it, help out his family. Yeah. And then no way did they say that he wasn't a, that he wasn't a, ba- that he was a bad dad. Right. Or a bad husband. Right. I, think that I just they would all... go so far as to say he was not a good businessman. That's it. So yeah, I hope it, that's okay. But Alberta was, yeah, she was a character. Melanie, the daughter, walking also, they do have a really sad B-roll of her. She's sitting on a bench and she's got nothing that she's looking at. She's just sort of <laughs> looking down and looks really sad. Did you see I her know, on the I did. sad bench? I saw bench? the bench. I saw her walking through the forest. Yeah. very lush there, which I do love Washington. Yeah, um, so pretty. Also, Sarah walking. A lot Sarah of people Sarah drinking walking. coffee. Sarah yeah. with coffee. We see Peyton with a bumpet in her hair, a clear bumpet. Yeah. We see a lot of oil footage, the oil derricks and the shirtless men and the oil and man camp. So I much called man it fracking camp. footage because alliteration. Yeah. Yeah. It was a lot um, of oil. And there's one photo of the family dressed in Old West gear, like when you went to like a novelty tourist yeah. Old West town. Which we and still haven't done. We need to do it. No one looks happy in the photo. The children look miserable. And then we see another scene with Alberta, and there's a black and white old-timey Western photo behind her on the wall as well. So we have two old-timey Western photos. So there's two in this episode, and we have zero. I know. It's not fair. You know, I think you can do it at Dollywood. I would be oh. shocked if that kind of technology is not a Dollywood, old yeah. Westy photos. It's got, yeah. it's just Tennessee. It has yeah. to be. I think you, we could just do it using like sepia tone. We have to get the, I have to buy old West costumes for both yeah. yeah. I do not have those available in my right. costume bins. Hold on. I have a brand on Happy Being on Dateline if you're done with B-roll. Yeah. Crest white strips. Why unhappy? Because their teeth are so white. Too His white? His teeth are so, too white. Off-puttingly white? Painful white, where you knew it hurt. Yeah. I mean, I'm they talking about that- professional tooth whitening when your teeth feel like they're going to fall out of your mouth. That was the worst pain I've ever experienced. I know, life. I'm so sorry. But I think their teeth were so, I mean, the fashion police on this is, his shirts. I <laughs> 
Is it Ed Hardy? Yeah, it's a little bit of Ed Hardy. It's really what it is, is true religion. He was mm. really, which is so ironic for this episode that I could <laughs> barely stand it. You know the yeah. brand true religion, right? It's that yeah. little U with the feet on it. It's like an upside down shoe horn, horseshoe. And a little bit of affliction because when he's arrested, he has the shirt with the wings on the top. Did you see the wings? That's it, They're coming funny. over the top. All of the sort of iconography and then what a yeah. horrible person he is. Yeah. Is just... And I wonder if he used that with Doug, too. I wonder if he used a God angle, which is what a con artist does. They find out what you're into and you're passionate about, and then they flip it, and they know enough on the topic to be able to talk to you about it. Mm -hmm. But it was just, yeah, I really, I wondered if James at one point was sponsored by True Religion by the amount of those shirts he had on. Like, they and they were so, so tight. So tight. Also, Mulaney had very fun hair for a very sad topic, is what I wrote. <laughs> it was so blonde. And poofy. Mulaney had like hair where it's almost a wig. Yeah. And she loved her makeup. She loves to get dolled up. I loved it. I loved that. So I was very, your hair looked good for the episode. She had it done for her <laughs> interview and it looked really good. I was excited for her. She's a hair uh, girl. You can tell she's a hair girl. The higher the hair, the closer to God, the closer to God, the more money you get. I just write that made down. That. I'll write that down too. I just made that just so I know it for this year. Yeah. Never know. Okay. Okay. Do we have titles? Yeah, I do. I know yours are gonna be way better. Pearly whites, pearly gates. <laughs> what you I got? Turds in a punch bowl. Yep. Peyton's place is being pregnant with a pervert. Oh, there we go. I was um, trying how to about do something? A tiny window of opportunity. <laughs> I'm sure I've used this before. Digging for the truth. Yeah. Excavating for the truth. Yeah, I don't like that's it. That's good. I like the father, the, the son, truth. and the Benjamins. Oh, that's good. Something like that. That was good. I liked it. Don't write a check that God can't cash. <laughs> I don't oh. know where I was going with that. <laughs> I like it. I don't, I, it like, if you don't think about it too hard, it works great. Yeah. That's most of my titles. Just don't think about it. It's kind of this podcast in general. Just don't think about it too hard and it works. And don't tweet us about the, yeah. Yeah. If you're Uh, tweeting us about it, you're thinking too hard. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Who is Greg B? Who is Greg B? That's my biggest, that's my alternative theory. That's my biggest mystery. Greg B. Mysterious. Greg Greg B. B. Very (laughs) mysterious got away with something if he was the wingman slash wheelman whatever he's on that to-do list he's somehow involved he's not gotten caught do you think they called in greg b and we just didn't have time for it in the episode maybe it was a long episode maybe he's timothy's personal tattoo artist and he wanted him to do something representing this kill on his peck some something's off crude rude and fracking unbelievable why didn't you go to crude, rude, and tattooed? Because that is one of my mom's favorite expressions. <sighs> there we go. Crude. Thank you. There you go, Joni. It's Team, perfect. Teamwork makes the dream work. And then my other, my final one is worth one's 250 pounds of roided muscle weight in black gold. <laughs> I love that cop. Why was he so obsessed with how much everyone could bench? No, it was just it was just exactly their muscle description. I think yeah. there were just a lot of muscled guys in yeah. this episode, but he was for him to do it twice was I don't think he realized how 
Yeah. I think he assumed they wouldn't leave both in. And when they did, it was like, (laughs) what's going on? But I did like that detective so much. I think he really did try. Yeah, absolutely. Do you know how long this took? I couldn't figure it out. I think it only took a couple months. Oh, yeah. Maybe it didn't take that long. Yeah, Yeah, they did a lot of work. And the Homeland Security guy had already been working on James for a couple of years. Yeah, that's true. Well, we thank you, everybody. We're excited for 2023. We thank you for being with us. Follow us on social media as usual. Check out our Patreon at Supercast. And tell a friend. Tell a it's friend. It's early in the year. Give, maybe give us the gift of a five-star review on iTunes and write something Yay. funny in there that we'll get, like an inside joke. And please tell your friends that love true crime and love comedy and love Dateline and all of that stuff. Yeah, tell them. And we have some exciting things coming this year. We've been even talking about it tonight. So it's we've got some fun stuff coming. So tell people now so they can get on the fun train early. Exactly. The fun train is pulling out of the station. You choo, don't. Choo. Yeah, you don't. Exactly. You don't. You need to be on board. All aboard. All fun aboard train. the fun train. Leaving in two minutes. Don't watch alone. Watch with a date with Dateline this year. Oh, that's perfect. Bye, Bye, everybody. everybody. Be your own Bentley. Stay fresh, cheese bags. But with the wheels on. (laughs) Again, thank goodness that Lester the Vester is back because this is an old episode, so we at least get intro of Lester the Vester. No, this is like pre-Vestgate, Hanky Gate, which is probably going to be taking over my 2023. Is it heating up? It's heating up a little because Mank refuses to admit that it bothers him. And I keep nudging. If you want to go to social media, I'll show you our exchanges on Twitter. He is like, no, it's it's just, it's in, in imitation is the sincerest form of television, which was a quote, I guess, that was from Fred Astaire, I think he said. Would it be okay? And then I said, well, we don't know what you're saying to Lester in private about this. And he sends a picture of them smiling. And I said, your eyes are sad and we can see behind them. And he's like, you guys know me too well. So like he's hinting that it bothers him, but he won't admit that it bothers him. Like if we sent Lester Holt a care package with pocket squares with LH embroidered on them, he would be sad. Oh, that would be way too, yeah. No, that would crush me. Because it's it's his thing. Right. So he needs to admit it's his thing. Also, we're his people. So I don't think he wants us to send Lester a gift. Another thing. If we sent Lester Holt pocket squares with Mink's face on them. That is a great idea. And super passive aggressive. And I love it. It is really, but is it like a shot across the bow? Is Is it shots fired? Is would we be opening ourselves up to criticism and or? I think it would be really funny. Okay, I'll write that down in my ideas box. There is a slot machine in Las Vegas called Texas Tea, and and then if you get the oil rig bonus, they go off and they plant them all over Texas, and then it's like you get pennies. It's a penny slot. It's really fun. But Texas tea is very fun. There's an armadillo and he comes across and he goes like that. And he like stands up on his hind legs. It's way too entertaining. I love it.